0: fellow investigators and welcome to our video podcast into the darkness where for a change my friends and I will attempt to write a complete scenario for the Call of Cthulhu role playing game we assume this will take a number of sessions uh, so for the duration consider me your host Tom Rayleigh. one of the scariest things i know of is trying to do something that you've never done before a new experience it calls for bravery and fortitude to keep trying and not to get too discouraged What we're hoping to learn is the creative process from a practical point of view, or at least one creative process. Our participants have various levels of experience, and we hope that by watching us make this attempt, you'll have a path to follow, at least to get you started. Uh, We have with us two experienced creators that have done some amazing stuff. The first one is a very good friend of Into the Darkness. Tyler Hudak has run Call of Cthulhu scenarios for us, as well as Delta Green, which we have greatly enjoyed. One of his published works is entitled Koshamar, which is included in Legends of New Orleans. He's also one of the authors of the Call of Cthulhu monograph entitled Toying with Humans, which sounds very interesting. We are delighted to have him helping us on this project. Our second creator is author, editor, and publisher Oscar Rios whose company, Golden Goblin Press, has produced many amazing scenarios. His recent work on updating Cthulhu Invictus for the 7th edition rules has inspired us all to explore ancient Rome as a venue for gaming. He's also run his scenario Ghosts of Iron Mountain for us, which we all managed somehow to survive, and he has played alongside with us in a number of uh, scenarios. We are very glad to welcome him here with us as well. Finally, We have with us three members of our club who have acted as game master and players alongside us. Morgan Llewellyn wrote and ran his scenario Apotheosis, which was well-received. He is very imaginative, creating actual paintings as props for his game. Zane Fleming is a stage and screen producer and actor from New Zealand who has shined as GM with his characterizations. He's modified and expanded the games he has run, making them very entertaining. And Jason Melnichok loves the Old West and gaslight worlds of Call of Cthulhu. He has wrote and ran his celebration of life for us and is working on a sequel, which we are looking forward to in the near future. We've had lots of other people who also wanted to be part of this game that we unfortunately were not able to include. Uh, They're all outstanding uh, players and uh, writers. Uh, That being said, uh, please feel free to make comments on this video and suggestions about the show. Uh, We'll read them and possibly incorporate your ideas into the scenario. Okay, I've talked too much. Let's get started with a question. The question is, once you decide that you want to write a scenario, where do you start? So, anybody just speak up.
1: For me, I think if you're deciding you want to write a story, first, where do you want to base it? What time period? Mm. I think
0: that's at least for me, where, you know, what era, what year. And I imagine everybody has a time period that they're really fond of. Totally.
2: Well, sometimes you have more than one. Um, I'm actually struggling with an idea right now that I like for both 1920s and Cthulhu Invictus. The plot will work equally well Either place, so that's really bizarre. That, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but um, well, not as bizarre as you'd think. But yeah, it's it would work really well either way. Mm. Um, so I'm kind of like sitting on it for a while and letting it percolate.
0: I imagine that human interaction and stuff, it doesn't really matter which. Yeah, whether it's ancient Rome or yeah. I, I've I've often thought that it would be fun to go into a period that we haven't dealt with yet. Um, kind of a hybrid of uh, Invictus, which would be the Byzantine Empire, which I thought would be a lot of fun to work on. I don't know enough about it though. To Te- technically, the Invictus scenario
2: in um, in uh, the Orient Horror Ex- on the Orient Express is set in the Byzantine Empire. Well, that's
0: true. Yeah, that's right. As they're moving into that that period. Or right at, right at the end. Both of them are. The medieval one is right at the end of the Byzantine Empire. Right, right. They're, they're ransacking the place. I actually
3: found there was um the, the YouTuber Puffin Forest. He was talking about a game that he wrote. Um, and it started with all the players. It was a 1920s game. And then they went through a portal and the entire game became modern. As well. So like there's, I guess that's there's also that possibility of... Um, you could do the exact same thing with like it starts like 1920s and then somehow they end up in like Invictus times. And then the players also have to incorporate like, Hmm, I have like a Tommy gun (laughs) and, and, and that kind of thing. It adds to the role play thing. So you can mix them up, I guess, if you can justify and
0: make it work. The, the witch cycle actually does, uh, Starts with modern uh, Delta Green agents that read a book that's set in the 1690s, and then you play that scenario, and then you're suddenly in the 1970s, and yeah,
3: you
2: play
0: that scenario. And come back. I think the I
2: think the time, the choosing a time period is important if your material is going to focus on a, on a historical a historic event or something sociologically significant about that place and time if your story just is a a good a good story you can kind of transport it to pretty much any setting yeah Um, if you've got a good human drama um, it'll work on multiple levels like the magnificent seven we can do this in feudal japan we can do this in the old west and it both works because that is driven by the characters in the story not by the setting or the period you're not going to do guns of navarone you know in the dark age well you might with malta but anyway you get what i'm saying you can't do a a world war ii story set anywhere but world war ii
4: yeah
0: right Though you can do i mean some shakespeare like uh othello can be done in world war ii and it works yes yeah (laughs)
2: <laughs> they did a version of Romeo and Juliet set in you know drug war Miami, right, and that right. and that worked great. Oh, I hated it,
3: <laughs> but that's the thing. We, visually we it, was our... beauty,
2: it was a beautifully shot. You yeah, know. I'll give you that. I'm, I mean, that. I'm, I'm a child of the '80s in Miami Vice, so it kind of. Typically... Oh,
3: I love the '80s. The Breakfast Club is my favorite movie of all time. But that's, I mean, we've, you've got to be careful with with Shakespeare because. You've got to justify why you make that change,
0: yeah. like they just did. setting it in something for the sake of it. Right. Well, my my only problem with Shakespeare when it's done is the actors have to understand what they're saying, and Mel Gibson did not understand what he was saying. There was a, a
2: modern version of Coriolanus that they were dealing with. Coriolanus, like, yeah, yeah, that and that worked.
0: I thought that worked really well. That worked really well. The Titus Andronicus these, was a hybrid, which was really good.
3: I've always wanted to do Hamlet set in the 1920s and the whole thing's in a speakeasy and like the king is the don, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern oh, are like flapper girls. That would be interesting. Um, and the gravedigger, they literally go to the morgue and the gravedigger chops a head off a body and then just hands it to him. So it's just a severed head of York instead of a skull.
2: I would love to see the ghost scene in that. And it's just like, hey, they off me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about
5: <do> <laughs> like,
0: they they, uh, they they got me with the heater and
4: they uh,
0: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> they made me a pair of cement slippers and
5: I'm yeah, sleeping.
4: Yeah. With the <laughs> well, that's that's kind of an interesting concept. I mean, do you to to get back to the you know the call of Cthul- call of Cthulhu scenario? Do you think that you could do that where you could take uh, Hamlet uh, into the 20s and turn that into a uh, Cthulhu scenario?
3: I mean, it's the mystery
4: already
5: possible. there.
3: Totally, totally. That's, I mean, and that's the that's the thing of it. That's a story so many people would know universally and be able to kind of go, oh, b- build onto it. It's like I've always, like, I'd love to write a scenario based around the mythology of the Horned Mansion from Disney, um, Disney World and Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much there already, and it's such a cool concept. I'm like, the, you could totally set some sort of mythos and, and within some game within this. Um, but it's well, worth
0: you, you, you mentioned Hamlet, and um, I've always had, because of my religious upbringing, I've always had a completely different view of the play, and I love I love Hamlet. It's probably my favorite Shakespeare, but the players, when Shakespeare wrote it, and the players who are the, the characters in the play, they understand that demons cause havoc, and that they often appear as dead people. And his friends are warning him constantly, don't believe this thing, you know? we believe that dead people die and go to heaven. They don't show up and walk around. So I always thought it would be interesting in all of the ghost scenes if Hamlet's father wore a mask and that he continually, when facing Hamlet, would turn and look out at the audience, but he would have a completely different face, yeah, mask. Because what does he do? He causes Hamlet to murder his mother. His father, Polonius, cause complete devastation to the. I end. think Horatio is the only person alive at the end of that play. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> so it is havoc that he wreaks. He could be the Arlo Thotep. Uh, just yeah, that could totally work. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. So it's a cool idea.
6: Right, and seeing and seeing kind of uh stories transplanted, I've I've seen that uh, work really well in some scenarios. Like one that comes to mind, I think it's called like Butterfly Butterfly Fly Away Home or something. Or, hey, like, butterfly butterfly home, from, right, where they take the uh, the story of the Exodus right from the Bible, and they kind of take the concept of the, uh, the plagues and stuff, and they translate it into this scenario. Yeah, Number great. They they take that kind of that core concept and they they translate it. So not necessarily the same plot, but those same ideas.
0: Hmm. Well, then it's something that the characters themselves can suddenly pick up on and go, "Wait a second, this seems like the biblical plagues that's going on here." Yeah.
4: Well, and I, I think that's that's one of the brilliant things about some or a lot of Cthulhu scenarios that I've either played in or, or run, where you the players get that aha moment, like about th- two thirds to three quarters of the way where they where they get it, where they figure out what's going on, mm-hmm. um, and, and having you know like Morgan said that. Either pulling from you know literature or you know religion or 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 even movies or, or anywhere else something that at some point that they're going to see uh, oh wait I, I get what's going on now I'm fine you know I'm figuring out and that just adds to the the, the enjoyment of, of it as well.
0: I, I mm. think I think that that's really for me that's a really important element. I think mm. if, in, in, in any of these games I mean you've got games where you step into a situation and all hell breaks loose and everybody dies. I mean, we've got a lot of those fun little one shot you know things that happens, and you've got some more elaborate ones that the same thing happens, but I think the best best thing that can happen <clears throat> is set up the players so that at some point they have a revelation yeah that blows their mind, you know let them have that journey yeah and I'm thinking of things like in in the the video game Bioshock to suddenly. Uh, almost towards the but end, yeah. I suddenly Spoilers, spoilers, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler you, warning! Oh, sorry, if you sorry, okay.
2: All right, you've been spoiled, and you can go ahead and say it.
0: <laughs> it's an old game. Yeah, yeah. spoiler Don't listen. Um, where suddenly you discover that uh, you've been manipulated the whole time mm-hmm. by the by the, him saying, "Actually, what's what's the word? Would you kindly? Would you kindly do this?" And you realize that every time he said it, it was a trigger. You, you obeyed. Mm-hmm. And then you find out. Well, you weren't really in control. What a what a revelation! I think I jumped up and ran around the
2: room. My I my was so
0: freaked out.
2: My son and I both played that separately, and I think he was about maybe fourteen mm-hmm. at the time, and we were having difficult, you know, father son teen, and Bioshock was the only thing he and I could talk about for about a year. Every other conversation would erupt in an argument, except Bioshock, mm. and he told me. I was never the same after that moment. (laughs) Like, that's how how powerful it was in his growing up experience.
5: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, it was his first, and again, through a video game, but it was his first true sense of betrayal. And he's like, I I was never the same after that.
3: Mine was was, um, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. The twist in that game, you go, oh, shit. That was brutal, that I wasn't prepared for that.
1: So, so what I'm taking from this is if you're writing a good story, you have to get your, character, your players invested in something. Oh, like, and then <laughs> they need,
0: and it doesn't have to be a betrayal, but... Um, a misconception. They have to right. be under some conception that turns out to be wrong and no. then the
1: actual players coming to a uh
0: light on uh, you know light bulb moment right. or, and that um, happens in a lot of games it's done you know the players have clues which they're putting together and they don't realize uh what it all means and then they find a clue and it all falls into place
2: i i i'm going to just something that i like to do in my own work is Really, I don't introduce the mythos too quickly. I let mm-hmm. them get invested in the story in the characters in one another in the experience right. of what they're doing and sometimes for a for the first act you know the first you know one third of the adventure, nothing really odd will happen because they will then become invested in who they are they'll all be soldiers or they'll all be cowboys or they'll all be hobos and they're living they're doing this hobo thing or soldier thing or you know crusader thing and then all of a sudden something unexplained you know something otherworldly happens and there'll be that moment of of shock and dread where they finally remember they're playing call of cthulhu and it's like i had that moment um when i
3: ran um when i ran koshima for my friend uh, spoilers for anyone uh, When he worked out that the entire time He'd been in a dream He was like oh my god He lost it completely Because <laughs> he walked into the house And like went into the room and was like Why am I lying on the floor <laughs> And it was just like He just he just lost his shit um, He also got awesome. a really terrible sanity role On that one as well <laughs> um, But like yeah I, I I As a person who I'm not a big D&D fan because I I feel it runs the risk of you just, it's like, let's run in guns blazing. And that's what I love about Call of Cthulhu is you're like, cool. This is an investigation game at at its core. And it's all about the role play. And that's where you give the the players more chance to role play and do these fun little bits. That's what makes a game a, a good game and a great game. But and when think, they can become invested in the characters.
0: I do think that it should be written for role players. I mean, that yeah. sounds obvious, but there are games that are written for brand new novices that don't know what they're doing. There. Totally. I was going to say
1: with Zane too, yeah, I like um, I like the investigation part. I don't want to get into, not saying here, but just other games with Hack and Slash and Dungeon Crawl. And some of my favorite games ever with, into the darkness and without are you going, you're almost two hours into the game before the first dice is even rolled. Sometimes, if you get yeah. a good group of role players, I'm not saying oh. you weren't investigating or you weren't looking for something, but it was played out so well, you didn't need to roll that dice, or it just everybody was fluid together. You had a good group of players, and then like mm-hmm. I think it was an hour and 15 minutes into the game before any dice was even brought to the table, which shows. That people were invested in the story and people yeah. were, you know, now, I, I think that's
0: a powerful game. Now the other night, um, Sean Little ran a game for us, which he just he wrote. Uh, spoilers once again, um, but I, I was I was commending him the uh, this morning actually because he used a red herring that I normally I don't like to put red herrings because they confuse people, but his red herring was to play up. It was set in space. We were in a a ship with a new drive. And it's like he kept playing up that this drive was proprietary and we weren't allowed to fiddle with it and that it was biological. And of course, the tension of all of the players at that point was really high and we were sure the whole thing was going to have to do with the engines. And it had nothing at all to do with the engines, <laughs> it was, but it was really effective in making us all, making players of the game very wary about mm. something that might be building up.
6: Right, and I and I really like you know the, those types of scenarios. You know, I think how you get those two hours before you roll dice, or you know, you get that moment of tension with just describing you know these excellent things about the setting is finding though that that way to engage with your players, right? Um, making sure that you find that that hook, like if they don't care about their mm. characters or the NPCs or whatever the situation is, if you don't make them care about it, you know, how do you make it scary? How do you make it, you know, engaging? How do you make it, you know, you know whatever, yeah. if, they don't, if you don't hook them?
0: Totally. So, so let's see, Are we are we going to favor a period just to sort of, set or do you want to come up with an interesting story? Well, that was a
3: question I had. That was one of the the main things I was going to bring up. (laughs) Are we looking at writing just one standard size scenario? Are Mm -hmm. we looking at writing a a few scenarios? Um, Are we looking at a certain region or are we going to do something more along the lines of like a two headed serpent thing where we run, we write like a lay a lengthy campaign that we've all compiled in to make some sort of like epic campaign,
0: I think for this exercise, it should be a scenario that, yep. at least in 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 uh, into the darkness terms, might take six or eight episodes.
5: To a standard like,
0: term, like the yeah. seventh circle or or something like that, not not a campaign. Although yep. we could leave it to the point where maybe it would turn into a campaign, or we could yeah, because I mean to the it. other option obviously
3: to and that's why i was saying if we were doing going to do multiple scenarios um because we we talked about potentially making publishing it and doing it as a as an actual thing that people can get is is running something you know you've got those books where they have separate scenarios like um secrets of new orleans where if you wanted to you can actually connect every single scenario together to make a full-on campaign um you know, that, that's obviously another one you do. So that's where you've got to go. If we do set them all in the same. Right. I just,
0: I just practically speaking, I didn't want this to take a year, you know, to, to put together. You don't want to spend time with us for a year, Tom? (laughs) I I, I spent time with you and I I love spending time with you, but this project needs to be, you know, uh, Tyler and Oscar have other
6: things to do.
2: Okay. I would suggest, and this is something that, you know, every writer has to really ask themselves is what do I feel like writing? What period do I feel like writing? What, where do I, want, where am I going to have the most enjoyment writing mm-hmm. this? Because what's going to kill your project is lack of motivation. You've got to, you've got to, you're going to work on a project. You're going to, you need to love the project because if you stick with it long enough to finish it you're going to hate it by then so if you don't right. love it if you don't love it from the start you're never going to finish it because you will work on it so long and so hard by then you're just if you're like a 9 month pregnant woman you just want this to be over yes you love being pregnant yes you love the whole glow but you just want this to be over and done but so, then the outcome is great right because then you have a kid right
0: Right. And then the kid grows up, and you're very disappointed <laughs> in that kid that, you have. <laughs>
2: that um, doesn't usually happen for years until you you, right. you look back at something you wrote like nine years ago, and you're like, "Oh, <laughs> I'm such a I hack. Was <laughs> what was I thinking?" Because um, it's quite interesting
3: because I know I know you gave Morgan the homework of reading. Was it thirty scenarios? I did twenty. Twenty, 20
6: right? Well, and that was gotta... like your
3: first homework.
6: Read <laughs> well i well i i asked him but well, how do you learn how to write scenarios and he said you've got to read scenario <laughs> yeah you. Yeah. i think if you read 20 scenarios you're gonna see 20 and
2: if you can get 20 different authors you're gonna see how everybody structures theirs everybody mm. paces theirs and you're going to basically have all of these choices and options some you're gonna like some you're not you know and then when you you know, then you'll have kind of your own template for, okay, these are all the ways you can do it. This is the way I'm going to do it. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. But, but if you have the- no idea how to do it at all, you're just going to stare at that page.
0: Now this, this comes later, but one of the things that I've really wanted in any scenario that I've, I have to do myself is I would like bullet points. Anyway, put them at the end, write the scenario, put bullet points at the end where you can say this character, here's what he knows. So that you can just sit there with the bullet points and play the game. You've got like than, a cheat shape. Yeah. Run yeah. through the whole scenario trying to find the information. <laughs> I remember if, you, if you
4: mentioned ever... Oh, go on. Sorry, Jason.
0: I was just gonna say
1: I remember Tom mentioning that quite a few times about putting mm-hmm. bullet points.
4: Sorry. I was gonna say if you've ever read any of uh, Trail Cthulhu's uh, scenario books they have I think it's called the spine uh, where they they basically lay it out like that in bullet points of you know the the high points of the scenarios and they they actually do a pretty good job of that and I, and I have um I have seen that in in some scenarios where they you know they, they have the bullet points for the keeper to just go in there and uh, see you know here's um, uh here's a scene here here are the three main points and then they kind of go and do a little bit more exposition but below that. Oh yeah. that's
0: excellent. Then then I'll take a look at that. I I I want somebody to run Trail of Cthulhu so that I can play, but I haven't looked at it yet. Uh all right, so that's cool. So let's let's see if we can solidify what what do you guys want to do? Do you guys want to do a modern one? Do you want to do something in the twenties?
4: Well, I, I guess can can we take it from like a, the the opposite perspective? Is there any error that anybody does not want to do? Gaslight. Um,
2: <laughs>
3: I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in and say Invictus just because I don't know anywhere near enough about Invictus or that time period to be able to help at all. Um, yeah, other than uh, other than you know, my boy I, Lexos. I, that's about it.
0: Um, I actually think I'm with Oscar. I think that I'd rather not do a gaslight. Now I like okay. to play in gaslights, but yeah, I find the period a little limited. You know,
5: mm-hmm.
0: um, I personally like the twenties only because it limits the characters just that much. Mm. Um, but modern- I'd
3: rather not do modern either because then you get cell phones
1: and you get all that sort of stuff and
0: right. Yeah, uh, I'm, I
1: 20, I'm, I'm 20. 20. yeah, I'm twenty twenties. Yeah, I'm I'm open to any time period. I I'll play or write for any time period. I, my personal choice is always to begin with or Western, uh US Western or Gaslight, but it doesn't matter to me.
0: I'll play any type of game.
6: Yeah, see, I, I'm with Jason. I, I'm good with anything, so
0: Western is a really interesting period. We don't have too much west. So
2: why don't we do something set in the American West in the 1920s?
0: That works because it kind you. of the okay. best of both worlds. Right. The I gun, think that'll
2: that'll scratch both itches.
0: The gunslinger yeah. age is kind of done with, except that. Not if you count gangsters. Still a little bit there. No. Yeah. Yeah. So 1920s. Uh, West.
5: you i um, Yeah, 1920s. Like uh,
0: somewhere in. Uh, well, let's see. We've done things like in Albuquerque and Arizona and Nevada. About like North Dakota
1: South Dakota. The 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 what are they call it the dead, not deadlands the um the,
0: the badlands. Badlands. Yeah, somewhere like that'd be cool. Where they dig up dinosaur bones and stuff. Or Wyoming or somewhere what if, isolated. Almost. What if they dig up something? Oklahoma!
5: Bones?
3: <laughs> we'll have all the characters from like Oklahoma the musical in it. It'll be great. <laughs> well, Currently.
0: Dust Bowl, 1920s. Hmm. Maybe we find out where the Dust Bowl came from.
2: Well, you, you can actually find that out. So. <laughs> well, yeah. But that's what's crop, crop rotation. Lack yeah. of crop rotation.
0: <laughs> it's because they weren't paying their homage to uh, mm. Now it's, it's just
6: the Migo kicking up dust.
3: That's the other thing <laughs> I wanted to kind of discuss is, obviously, when it comes to selecting the Mythos for, for a scenario, I feel like a lot of, like, I think 90% of the games are played. It's either Azathoth or there's a Shoggoth there. Um, yeah,
5: you
0: know, Azathoth. Azathoth is the blind idiot god. Why is he doing anything? <laughs> it's
6: like it's never, the name's Call of Cthulhu, and it's never Cthulhu.
5: It's it's all never like it's Cthulhu.
2: Well, if, it if, we're, if we're set in the, in the American West, we're not going to have a water deity in the desert. Um, <laughs> so, I'm, I'm cool, hearing we, down are, down. We, are, we, are, we are saying no Shagoths, no Azathoth, and just because it's so goddamn obvious, I'm saying no Yig.
4: Yeah, I was going to say that too.
3: I was going to suggest, what about Haster, the king in
2: yellow?
0: Disease spreading of some sort, maybe. Um, I mean,
3: 1920s, you know, they can be like, the diseases from the old west are starting to return and and no one kind of gets why and it's...
2: Well, Haster is entropy and arts. It's not really disease. I think for disease, you're looking at um, a bath. Uh, Okay, yep. Um and Hester is more of a corruption of civilization, and if you're looking at the American West in the 20s, you're thinking burgeoning civilization. You know, you're thinking the frontier. Uh, yeah. Although I could definitely see an old West Hester in a saloon type thing. That's but what I'm saying. Like that's it,
3: the image in my head. Just sounded like oh, that could work. That could be
1: quite a cool, uh, cool thing. The cowboy in, in yellow. <laughs> The See in the in the twenties in the West it was literally the end of an era and the dawning of a new era. Yeah. Because right. the last of the cowboys were still alive. The old timers were around. And then you had the new, you know, like um I'm trying a blank on his name, but they uh they took him over to Hollywood to um kind of um Wild Bill or no, I'm, i literally just drew a blank on his name. Um, from Tombstone. Um,
5: yeah, I know. I know who
4: you're talking about. Wyatt Earp.
1: What? What Wyatt Earp? Believe, yeah. Yeah. They brought him out to Hollywood to consult on all the West Western films that were coming out in the 20s. Why? Right. And they used him to kind of, and he actually put in extras who were real cowboys in a lot of the as the extras in the in the movies. So it was kind of like the end of an era and the beginning of another. Just because that, I mean,
3: th- this is obviously how I work as a as a visual thing and a, as a creative person. Can you guys suggest any good movies set in the American West in the nineteen twenties that I could like watch to kind of get some
0: inspiration-esque stuff?
1: Um, it's a little later.
0: What's um, mm, give me one second? Hey, Getting spaghetti westerns, which are eight, late eighteen hundreds. Um is that from, I know all like the are, stuff. Are, but... there any, are there any uh, Lovecraftian deities that are associated with electricity?
2: How are you? How is electricity going to be central to a South Dakota old well,
0: west? I was twenties? What, what if this is an old town, uh, an old town, and that they're just getting electricity out there in the 1920s, mm, and there's they something. Would be feeds off of electricity that's
5: being taken by it.
2: All right. So if I can just interject. Okay. Um, We had somebody call out South Dakota and I wrote that down because I know nothing about South Dakota. Chances are there's pretty cool, spooky cryptids, serial murders, haunted places in South Dakota that nobody knows anything about. Yeah. So, we so basically, this is virgin territory, and I think South Dakota deserves a good 1920s scenario. Okay. Um, we had the old cowboy, which I think is a great concept. We had the dawn of archaeology, all of these Western universities sending teams out digging for shit. Um, and we also have the film industry banking on Westerns in the 20s, so we can have film crews scouting out uh, mm. locations possibly working with the old cowboy so i'm basically listening to everybody and i'm trying to take some really cool elements yeah uh well, let's and- not worry let's not worry about a plot or a monster yet let's okay. sure. worry yeah, about yeah, yeah. What, what elements we want so does anybody want to do a quick search on creepy shit in south dakota sure. and, so, see, and see what pops up look so, so creep- sorry sorry go on god no I'm talking too much.
4: No, I was, you know, just looking at some things, you know, with South Dakota as well, that's where, you know, a lot of the Native American tribes were at during this time. And that's where Mount Rushmore is. And Mount Rushmore was started in the late 20s. Ah. Uh, doing that in the late 20s. And if you ever looked into the history of Mount Rushmore, that's, if I remember right, that's a sacred, sacred. area yeah, for, right. for the, the, I can't remember the tribe that lived there, but that was a sacred area for them. Um, Just th- that, that reminds me of something.
3: Um, the H.P. Lovecraft story, uh, imprisoned with the with the Pharaohs. They mm. they talk about how they had to recarve the face of the Sphinx because of what it was actually based on obviously underneath because the, it was so horrible to look upon it. What if Mount Rushmore was originally getting the same treatment and then they last minute had to had to change it so that. They put the the president's face on it.
1: Or they uncovered something when they were blasting to prep for it. Oh, and also uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, like they they, died in 1908. So they were actually still cowboys, you know. So you're looking at 1908, 1910, there was still gunslingers
2: out there. All right. I am going to raise one concern. Only one? This is me putting, this is me putting on my publisher hat. As soon as we bring in Native Americans, reservation, sacred land,
5: mm-hmm.
2: then you're making a very big political statement. Mm. Um, mm. And we want to be careful. Do we want to do this? Do we, and you know, then we've got to worry about cultural sensitivity. We've got to worry about, you know, nationalism. Um, yeah we have got to worry about, are we choosing a side in an argument? And some of these arguments, you're even shocked that there are sides like, Hey, some genocide is good. Uh, No, but if we do this, this immediately takes on a whole political tone and we've just made it exponentially more difficult. Right. That's true. Uh, I don't want to, and I'm sorry to put on the publisher hat and be a dick, but it is a concern. No,
1: mm-hmm. you're a hundred percent right with that. Actually, avoid any uh, Native American, I believe.
5: Okay, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, still... I think we can have
1: them with,
3: like, we could have like them as NPCs within the in the game and stuff. I I'm not, so, I don't think, like, because they were there. Discounting them completely is just sort of like it sounds like we're avoiding the whole point of it.
1: Right, but we haven't even written anything yet. All we could still keep the same scenarios—the twenties, yeah. the the South Dakota—just don't use from Mount Rushmore and rewrite, or you know.
6: Yeah, I found if we're, we're talking about stuff that is uh, kind of creepy and interesting in in South Dakota, I found something called the um the Trail of Spirits or uh, Sika's Hollow. It's this place that is considered haunted. Um, Sica in the uh, the Native American tongue meant evil. Um, Because, like, the water, uh, the streams there were red. Like, they were colored red. And so they thought that these uh, spirits of the dead were, were I love in that. the forest. That's and so, cool. you can, and so the, the legend is, if you go into the woods, you can still hear, like, the whispers of the dead or the drums off in the distance. or And people have disappeared there in, like, the 70s. I know that's not the 1920s, but there's... Okay. Yeah, but just, I love
0: that. That is so cool. <laughs> Here's one. This sounds like we made it up. Uh, the, Easton, these things write themselves when you
5: look yeah. at the history. They really uh, do.
0: In, in South Dakota, Easton's Castle in Aberdeen. Uh, Easton's, Aberdeen. Castle, Easton's Castle is a yellow brick house that was built sometime between 1886 and 1889. It was originally a 30-room, three-story, Queen Anne-style mansion, but in 1902, it was bought by Carol Francis Easton who had the entire exterior clad in yellow bricks. Following the death of Easton and his wife, their son became a recluse and seldom left the house. It deteriorated rapidly, and people were saying that it was haunted before he had even passed away. Yellow be something, there. I mean, I'm thinking, why yellow bricks? <laughs> yeah.
5: Uh,
3: the great thing about that, though, is you could sit like we could literally be like, cool, let's use that as an element, yellow bricks. And it's like you're saying the red herring thing. Everyone's going to go, it's Hasta. It's, it's him. It's him. And yeah. then it's not. It's got nothing. Like, it's literally it's just, just got some nothing to do person. with it. Yeah. They just like the color yellow. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, like, that's... The, so that could be quite, you know, that everyone's going, oh, this is what it is. This is totally it. And it's like, it's not. But I really love the sound of that... Um, the trailer spirit saying that right, sound then but brilliant. then
6: if we're talking, right, I mean, once again, we're setting the mythos side and, like, kind of those elements that we want. We talked about the film industry, mm. right? Looking for new places to to shoot, to try to come up with new new material. If you're trying to scout, you know, out these kind of forested locations.
3: And, look, I I I'll put my hand up and say, I'm quite intrigued by that whole idea of the film thing element. Obviously that's something I, I I feel like an assistant with coming from that sort of background. Um, and the great thing with the film if say you're like, yeah, they want to come and make this movie in South in South Dakota. That means you can travel to different locations within South Dakota as a whole, because you know, they're traveling to make the film. They, they're kind of using the different locations and, and so on and so forth. Um, it 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 could work and i don't feel like i know there's a lot of scenarios out there where it's like oh you're a, you're a paranormal um investigating film crew and you're off to do this and and blah 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 but i don't know if there's actually like a game where it's like oh you you're making a movie and all the players are involved in some scene or way actors or Having a bunch of actors, that's going to cause a lot of drama, I can tell you that.
2: Okay, here's, here's a question for the team. Do we want this to be pre-gens? Do we want this to be whatever characters they bring in? Or do we want people to design a specific skill set? And that will kind of uh, shape our narrative once we make that decision. Hmm. And as an aside, th- there are Bigfoots in South Dakota. And South Dakota is a fertile paleontology fossil bed.
0: So there's... Like I was saying earlier, maybe they dig something up that's a fossil that's bizarre beyond belief. Yeah.
1: When I'm doing uh, certain regional games or time-specific games, I like to do pre-gens, but I let them personalize the character after. You know, like there's certain
3: skill set... But have the opportunity for them
1: to be like, you can use the
3: pre-gens if you want, but then you can make your own character as well. But just, you know.
5: Well, then I think it? we
6: should approach it from the standpoint and have them make a certain type of character, totally. right? the skill set that Oscar was saying, right? Because it's like pre-gens, but we'll let them change it if they want. To me, sounds yeah. like, let's just, here's like, you're making paleontologists. You are making a film you or, you know, whatever mm. you end up going with. That's the idea that I kind of,
0: yeah. Do. I, I'm thinking that you have to at least give them a little direction. You have to say, these people have to be working on a film crew. Yeah. Can,
3: it's like I, I tell, you know, say you tell the players, hey, um, you're all Irish mobster criminals and you make a Spanish painter.
2: <laughs> okay, I've got an idea. Okay. All right, we tell them that they can either be um, older, kind of like. Cowboy outdoors guys that are kind of helping out They can be members of an archaeological team that are scouting at an area or Members of a film crew they can pick any one of these three groups and we start the scenario in a motel In the area where all of these people are working So we tie them together by the location in South Dakota Yeah but we can have elements of the film crew, of the archaeological team, and some of these old, you know, guides—people who you know know the area, the territory. So we have that rugged cowboy character also in the mix. That totally. they're native yeah. to the region, and, and are and
3: like track and you know
1: do all, yeah the guides you know
2: and uh, and that fucking haunted forest with the disappearances and the voices. Oh, we've got to do that. And don't yeah.
1: forget, there's a ton of old silver mines out there and coal mines yes. and... Oh, I, I want to go to a mine so bad. Considered that,
2: Do we uh, all love the idea of an abandoned mine? 100%. Oh, yeah. of course. Okay, yeah, and an remember. abandoned mine goes on the list.
0: <laughs> um, the Bullock Hotel in Deadwood is considered one of the most haunted uh, hotels. We've,
2: we've got a haunted forest. The motel is off limits. It's a safe haven for the parents. Well,
0: no, what I was going to say is the haunted hotel. <laughs> they can all
2: suck. <laughs> they, the, they've the, got to sleep somewhere.
0: The, the haunted hotel <laughs> could be our red herring that the characters think has something to do with the story, and it's just a hotel.
4: It's just a hotel. No, no, or no, or no. The... that's
2: that's dangerous, because they could be investigating the shit out of that hotel for two seconds. That's, yeah, yeah,
3: 100%. That's true. It's the hotel, guys. It's the hotel. It's haunted,
6: like. <laughs> and meanwhile, there, 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 there's the haunted forest mine shaft. is what you <laughs> <to> discover.
2: <laughs> we, we, yeah. we we can we can put the mine in the forest.
6: That's true. And have yeah. it yeah. be yeah. like
2: have it be like an illegal wildcat mine that was on Indian territory that's not even documented.
3: Ah, that's sick. Yeah, I love that. Like, what if like, and they find it by the film crews like doing. Some sort of shoot, and then they accidentally find the, the mine by someone falls through, falls through into the mine. Um,
2: the mine, they, I, the mine. I think has to be the climax. We have to let the players totally. stumble into the mine. Um, yeah, that's going to be like the oh fuck! There's a mine in the haunted fucking forest. Right. Yeah. Re- really.
6: Really. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and that's where it. Right, Yeah, that, that is the climax. So the whole thing is building up to that, to that point. Yeah. Okay, hold on. The Haunted Forest, they said
2: that it was unclean, that the river ran with blood, and it was a taboo area not to go there. Mm. Right. Okay, so we can say that the ancient Native Americans who lived in this area knew that there was something really dangerous that laired here. And they Mm. didn't want anyone going there. The wildcat miners went, dug it up, woke it up, which has led to these recent disappearances. Yeah. Um, And for a while it's been fine, but now people are coming back to this area to look for fossils, to scout out film sets. We can have, you know, the Native American NPCs saying, you guys shouldn't be here. This is cursed land. Everybody, yeah. ignores, everybody ignores him. Um, but we need a reason for the smart characters to still need to go in there.
1: Uh, ghost town that they want to use for filming and the band, the mind and the town were abandoned. So you have a, a set that's completely built. It's could be nothing haunted there, nothing, but it's just old wooden buildings where the miners used to spend their money and drink and sleep and...
6: Or what if they're scouting out territory for a mining company? Mm, No, because then they wouldn't be in the... Yeah. Uh, Um, I,
2: I I do like the abandoned town with the abandoned mine, because we can say that the abandoned town was newly discovered. It's a new ghost town that's not on any maps. And the reason yeah. it's not on any maps, it was because these are the buildings that were supporting the mine that is still fucking hidden. Because they built this little town, but they hid the mine in case the authorities came.
1: Yeah, I see. So they, they could be that. they
2: could be creeping around your your abandoned ghost town and not realize like, it's sitting on top of an abandoned mine. I
3: was just reading through some of the, the in the Keeper's um, book, some of the, some of the creatures and thing. and there came away a thing called a sand dweller. Um, then out of one of the caves came a sand dweller, rough skinned, large eyes, large-eared, and horribly distorted resemblance of a koala bear facially. Though his body had an appearance of, um, he shambled towards me, um, manifestingly eager. The obscure uh, race look as though they've encrusted with sand. They dwell in caverns deep in the desert area and come out at night to prowl and hunt for prey. They, also, they are known to live in American Southwest and may live in other deserts in the world. They are also known to serve the great old ones. So as like a minor hindrance thing, that could be like a good little minion-y type thing for them to deal with.
0: Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking over some of our ideas that we're talking about. Um I'm, I'm thinking of a problem with the, the, the film company. Um, okay. Film company is going to want to spend the least amount of money uh, to do what they're doing. and it might be that if they get any hassle from the Indians that they would simply find another town. There's lots of them out there. Um, on the other hand, if if an archeo- if, if a paleontologist, were to have evidence that there are species that they've never found before, but some, you know, maybe some rogue paleontologist brings in a dinosaur bone that they really want to go in there, then they'd have a reason that there's no other place in the world that's got to be here that they have to go in.
2: Okay, I'm gonna gonna jive on your points for a minute. Okay. Um, I agree about the film crew. But if we say that these are um, freelance location scouts um, shooting some reels of backgrounds to take back and pitch to the film industry, it works because they're investing their own time, investing their own money, hoping uh. for a bigger payoff. They're not tied to the studio. They're courting the studio. Uh, that's, so that, that... that could work. Um, and again, to build on your, great idea for the strange artifact because that's how Creature from the Black Lagoon starts, the strange paleontology hand, the hand. yeah. yeah. Um, and I've got the Creature from the Black Lagoon shirt, I'm a huge fan. Um, we can basically say that a fossil came back from a team in this area, they were requesting more money and better equipment and when this crew with their money and new equipment comes, those archaeologists have vanished. Yeah. Snatched by the sand dwellers for knowing too much.
0: There you go. Yeah. And it's not necessarily a mine, it's a tunnel. And there could be. It's a mine
2: that broke into a tunnel. Okay. They're exactly. They accidentally, when they were
3: building a mine, they smashed through and found a tunnel.
0: But there yeah. are things about the tunnel that are wrong. It's not just a rough shape, it's a, an oval that has been yeah. carved in, in straight directions.
3: Yeah, it's kind of like um, in Assassin's Creed, how the things from, made from the old race have got like a different look to them, and they're like made, they're like almost too modern for the setting they're in.
0: Maybe there's evidence that the tunnel was melted instead of,
3: yeah, that's cool. Dug.
4: Well, you're almost getting into it. It almost sounds like you're de- describing the territory of like Chthonians, where as they dig, they're gonna you know create those huge tunnels, and you know the west because since since Chthonians hate water. <laughs> Um, the, the dry west, the South Dakota. Well, I, I guess with with the bog right there, the the Trail of Spirits forest, that probably would f- factor in too well to that. So, well, maybe I, the
0: Cthonians, I... or maybe the the Kowalians. I don't know what we're going to call them. This
5: <laughs> they
0: utilize small Cthonians to dig their tunnels.
2: I think if we've got sand dwellers, bringing in Cthonians is just. Too many, good, too many good ideas. Okay.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, and I think what's funny about sand dwellers is they kind of look like horn toads. So we can say that they're looking for some, spe- some ancient species of uh, very large, like uh, uh, an ancient horn toad that was the size of a bear.
5: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and then they find a sign that says, Beware of slee stacks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Do you love slee stacks?
0: Ah, uh, slee stacks.
2: Um, I, I am. I am definitely. I'm loving. I like that you want to make the fucking mine really the 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 natural cavern under the mine really creepy. I I say since we've got sand dwellers who are worshiping a great old one, we pick a really obscure great old one and we turn yeah. the natural chamber into a temple. I like
3: that. Oh yes, it, um, and that's I'm, very much like the um, I'm imprisoned with the pharaohs. That vibe again as you go under and it's it's
2: yeah that's that's dope
0: Should we throw throw a bunch of letters together and make up a new old one?
2: <laughs> oh, do we want to make up a new one
0: well hmm. there's
2: plenty of good ones in the book that get no love yeah, yeah that's, that's I'm, I'm reading through some of them and
3: uh Looking i mean you, this guy i don't know if you guys can but he looks pretty fucked up
2: oh galaki so we've had <laughs> he, he, he gets a lot of love. But he, he needs a lot saved. of water.
1: Now, are we gonna go under the premise that like in the late eighteen eighties or eighteen nineties they broke through and found this temple? And that's how and, the,
2: and they all got wiped out. Yeah. Okay. I like and that.
1: And that's why people go disappear, um keep disappearing in the no, nobody reported about the city because whoever goes there disappears. Disappears
4: I just wanna point out one thing. I love how everybody is turning around and grabbing their books, <laughs> starting <laughs> yeah. looking through everything.
3: I mean, would it be horrible? Like, I know, I know we said oh, it wouldn't work, cause, but what if they go down and they do find like an underwater spring, or like they, they do find water down in the tunnel and it is Cthulhu?
5: <laughs> No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Tom just was like, "No, that's
2: Attack of the Misplaced Monsters." <laughs> you no, know,
4: but but you know, I did not not to you know uh, take us back to a previous point, but I do agree with Morgan. You know, we played Call of Cthulhu, and I can think of like only a handful or less than a handful of scenarios that actually have Cthulhu in them.
0: Yeah, um, well, but I, I, one yes, of these days I want to write
4: for another time.
0: I I very much want to write a scenario with pirates. Because we don't have. Oh,
3: I'm down on that. I'd love to do a pirate base. Focus. Uh, what,
0: focus. About, what about? What we about? We are not.
2: We are talking about cowboys <laughs> and sand dwellers. We are not talking about pirates. Stay what, on target. Uh,
0: what, <laughs> about, what about? What did I
2: tell you about motivation? We need to. We need to focus. Uh, what?
0: What about the worship of Shognarfong? <laughs> Um, I'm not familiar.
2: Kind of, no, he's kind of like a eastern thing. Oh.
4: Is that he's the, the, the elephant. Well, right? the yeah, of... that's
2: more a show show, plateau of Lang. Um, um let's 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 look through the Malleus and find somebody we know nothing about.
0: Nioga
2: Niag. Nioga. was the living darkness thing. um uh, what about a doll?
0: Yeah, they're just mindless.
6: Oh, okay. So, those are just giant worm things that live in the Dreamlands. They,
0: they come from the planet of Arrakis, and they. Uh...
4: <laughs> oh, hey, what I about Golgoroth? Mean... Golgoroth oh, is think... a great old one, resembling a large, slobbery, tittering toad with a slimy scale hide and fanged mouth. He's one that of my favorite
2: be... great Goldol- old ones of all time. Actually, where's he in the book? I'm
4: um, on page one fifty-four, of the Amelius Monstorum. Okay. I don't know if he's in yeah. the, the the new one.
3: He may not be in there. Yeah. You know. What's his name?
2: Golgaroth. Oh.
0: Golgaroth.
2: He's basically a toad with a, tenta- a beard of tentacles, no arms. Um, so he's like. He's the god of the Black Stone in Ari uh, e. Howard's book, the, Black, the Story of the Black Stone. Okay. I like the name Golgaroth.
6: Well, and if toad things are worshipping in, that kind of makes...
2: This guy looks a little bit toad-like there. as well. Looks like a big butt.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nothing wrong with a big butt. <laughs> <They> <laughs> All right, our... The our... <laughs> farting one. <laughs> he who farts.
3: <laughs> um, Gogroth, he sounds cool. That sounds like a like a cool... Okay,
2: um, so the sand dwellers are worshiping Golgaroth.
0: Can you spell that? Maybe we could make Golgoroth a little more uh, horny toad. You know, a little bit.
3: I don't know if you guys ever and, read the um, the books Del quest when you were younger, but there's oh. one of the guardians, and that was a massive toad. Um, and that was that was that was a really cool like element. If you guys want some inspiration from from that. Golgoroth
2: is spelled G-O-L hyphen G-O-R-O-T-H. G-O-R-O-T-H? O-T-H. Oh, right. oh, thank you know. very Someone much. I will
6: type that into the chat. <laughs>
2: Now I, I, I took in, a
6: stab at it. Missed the though. In the
2: in the story that he was introduced in, the black stone, um, mm. he is basic, basically people bring him mm. sacrifices and he manifests atop a black stone to accept them. We can have some kind of large natural carved stalactite in this underground temple. Yeah, as a, a black stone. Which is found in Hungary, but there's also a second black stone in a cavern in South Dakota, underneath the ghost town.
4: Yeah. Now, now that, when when you describe that, and you know, going back to the the, the thing with the, the underground water, I can almost picture the stalactite with like the water pouring down onto it, onto you know, almost like a a lake not not a lake, but some type of pool underneath that, that reflects onto it, or or something like that.
2: Are we are we definitely doing uh, uh, a a a damp underground cavern, a ca- underground cavern with water?
1: Oh, but, Golgaroth
5: looks
2: dope.
1: It would depend on what uh, the 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 Golgaroth, what his environment is, wouldn't it? well, when he, well we got we, we,
2: we, we, we got to make sure that we don't ruin it for the sand dwellers, which is going to be our rank and file
1: so maybe it could be a, a volcanic reflective glass or something then
2: something that's dry golgoroth's not going to care if it's dry or wet he's a great old one he's, if he's a little if he's a little you know if he's got some dry skin it's not going to bother him too much if he's only showing up to accept sacrifices it's fine i mean he's described as a toad but he's not in the original stories he's in the mountains of hungary he's not in a swamp so i don't think we need water for golgoroth
1: Now, if these miners were finding some of this black rock, maybe in some of the, they abandoned uh, the ghost town, there could be some rings or charms made with this stone. Like I'm thinking the town is left how it was since the people were taken. So there's going to be a dresser drawer with some old. Well, remember
2: they, they never got to the temple. As soon as they broke into the sand dwellers' mines, So they never they 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 were they were overwhelmed. We can we can hint that they were coming up with these weird black like gems like opals that they couldn't Mm -hmm. identify. We could say that as soon as they started to bring them up, fights would break out and there were murders because these were like mythos infused things.
3: And then the people, yeah. so people that had them disappeared overnight and it was the sand dwellers
0: coming and taking them what what if some of the evidence is that some of the people that lived in the town boarded themselves up in their homes and the homes were then ripped open
2: or at least so we can make we can make the place look like it was like lb428 like the 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 colony where the aliens came and just killed everyone so when the Mm. players go there it's a ghost town but it's a ghost town that is there's evidence that there was a siege here, that there was a massacre. Yeah. Uh, bullet, you know, rusted bullet cases everywhere. Um, you know, broken Winchesters, you know. Yeah. You know, rusty, you know, rusty 45s and Colts,
0: And maybe uh, a weapon made out of the black stone.
2: Of the sand the creatures. You mean
0: like dragon claws? No, I think they
2: would have the, the sand dwellers are, just have vicious claws. They, yeah. they, don't, they don't need weapons. Okay. But we could say that perhaps they left some kind of a territorial marker, like some kind of a black spear with a a carved a, a carved stone skull of Golgoth in the middle of the fucking town saying this is our territory don't ever come back so we can leave some kind of a creepy marker in the ghost town mm. so, what
3: if you leave what if you leave like there's a they find a madman like in the in the ghost town they're like there's a guy who's just completely insane who they just like left there but no one believes the story because he's nuts but he's like actually you know well, he, he, uh, he he's he's actually a Gogoroth
2: worshipper.
5: <laughs> yeah.
6: yeah, he's been called anyway. here. And if mm. you have if you have the, the the creepy thing that they leave behind in the town, um, and if we're going the archaeologist route where these archaeologists disappeared, if they had a camp that they eventually find, and they find that same marker, creepy marker there, they're like, oh, yeah, no. that's
2: going to be a great. That's going to be- there's if, one Like, they'll get to the ghost town and say, there's a marker here, too.
6: Yep.
0: What if we yeah. make the marker not obvious? I mean, it's something that's obvious that they walk up to it and they go, what the hell is this? I mean, it's not yeah. like a carved skull. It's, it's something that they would really say, what is this doing here? And it, is- it
2: ha- as long <laughs> as it's unique and alien. Right. Something yeah. that doesn't belong. You know, it's not its not a Native American thing. It's not a, you know, Chinese rail worker thing. This is non human, like a design so unusual mm. that you may even need a sand check. Not much, like one point, like what the, like one step up from Innsmouth Gold. Maybe, right. maybe, oh
0: a, uh, maybe a rock that they brought from underground that's got some sort of a design or mark on it.
2: Or it's something carved from stone that's, that, radiates cold that like that's what
0: i was thinking like, like a, when they first
3: touch it it actually like burns them or something along that like it's even in the
2: scorching heat it doesn't get warm or even like gives off that that, that the you know oh. the vapors of frost yeah glowing's been done glowing's been done yes we, we want to if we're in south bad. dakota we're we're going for new yeah. Now,
1: what's your thoughts on some sort of, like, minor mythos tome in the form of a
2: diary that was left classic. behind? Classic. It's a classic. Um, yeah, definitely. They're outside. They're great, trying to get in. That's a great uh, That was well, a great if they idea.
6: Find it, if they find it in the archaeologist's camp. Somebody who's studying these fossils and these stones, like they're finding these, these these territory markers are in this forest now that they've woken up. So the archaeologists are yeah, finding them. And they're just like, this, this is weird. It's kind of like culturally, this kind of looks like...
3: What if, like, actually at the archaeology camp, they found all these pieces and all the pieces that actually come together make one larger, like a statue or something.
2: Too, or- too, too many good ideas. Too many good um, ideas. Just, Remember, you, you can't pack too many good ideas into right. one scenario. It becomes very distracting. You've got to right. kind of have your core and do it well. But, like, if a lot, we've had a lot of really good ideas, but we've got too many. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's basically buck fever for new authors. Don't right. put all your good ideas, write another scenario. <laughs> the whole thing of, uh, of, of missing pieces of a talisman. That's cool enough to be its own foundation for a whole nother scenario.
0: Or a yes. campaign, as far as the tone, yeah. the tome, the, the the diary. I was thinking that are are they going to find the archaeologist archaeologist camp first, and then they'll find the town?
2: We're not sandboxing. They find it in the in the way they find it. We let the yeah. players decide.
0: Because what we, I was going to say, we is, don't make those decisions. I was going to say that in the archaeologist camp they wouldn't have had time in their book to have described this what was going on that they were all being murdered but they would find something like that in the town where the people had boxed themselves into a room. That's what
1: I was thinking in one of the one of the rooms that was boxed in it was like what the mother's surviving writings about what's going on.
0: So if there's one in the in the camp it would just end abruptly with no apparent reason for it Well,
6: the, the reason why i'm thinking kind of a difference between those two types of diaries is the person in the camp is like not the, not the camp the town is just terrified these monsters are coming to kill us that's one thing the archaeologist mm. isn't have the immediate threat of we, danger we They're definitely need stuff. we have to do both
1: okay
2: both both are good handouts yeah. We have the diary we have the diary in the town where she's talking about these cold stones that are turning up. People mm-hmm. think they're valuable, they're causing fights. She thinks they're cursed. The Native Americans have said this land is cursed. They won't trade with us. You know. Yeah. A, a few days ago, all our chickens stopped laying eggs. The cows started giving sour milk. No game is found. Basically, the monsters are sca- you know, trying to scare them off. So we have levels yeah. of this town. They, they, they broke into a new chamber and there's lots of these stones. We're all going to be rich. Yeah. And then next it's, we, we cannot get out. They shot Balan with us with an arrow and he's dead.
1: Exactly. We're yeah. um,
2: and again, with the archeologists, it's, you know, we're finding these really unique fossils. We're on the, you know, we're definitely on the way. Um Maybe this animal is in the extinct one. Of our native guides swears he found a track. Mm. Now, the what fossil. if the stone? you're
3: saying the stone is actually, as you, I liked where you were going with like the, 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 the milk was going sour. It's like the stone is actually like they're cursed. Uh, yeah, they're cursed. They're, and, the, and, and that's actually what's <laughs> making the water red turn red. That, that as, can work. It's affected by the stone and it's poisonous. Because, um,
0: because on a spiritual level, the sand dwellers just want the people to go away.
2: Right. This is sacred. This is sacred right. ground.
0: And they and these things are meant to drive the people away by the bad conditions that are there. And
2: the sand dwellers have successfully driven the people away already once, which is why the Native Americans don't go here. Right.
5: Yeah. Now,
6: they're like, didn't they learn the first time? Why are they back? All right. How many times do you have to teach you this lesson, old man? Let's go.
5: It's only now, been seven
6: <laughs> <years>. <laughs> what Tom
1: was saying about them finding a bone, a fossil. Now, that would be one of the the frog creatures or sand creatures bone. Is that right? That, right. That sound that maybe maybe they couldn't sound
3: identify on. right
1: because it's I like a weird,
3: it's like it looks somewhat human, but it's not, and it's right. not right. like a it's that there'll be, it's this isn't some like a step in the in man's evolution. It's right. something else. Or right.
1: I was thinking they thought it was a new dinosaur type that they haven't categorized right.
3: yet. Well, oh, it's Bigfoot, but maybe it's 20. It's,
0: maybe it's a fairly modern bone. And mm. the paleontologist says, well, this doesn't belong to any cow.
2: Or- okay, keep in mind, this is the golden age of, of cryptids. This is a time when people thought mountain gorillas weren't real. These are a pe- time when people thought pandas weren't real. They just Mm. discovered the Komodo dragon and they thought the Komodo dragon was just a story people were talking about. Um, There were creepy, mysterious creatures that were being discovered as native species. These archaeologists could be at first looking for this ancient fossil and then finding out the bone is way too young. And this turns into maybe it's a new species, some kind of large horned toad that has survived Mm. and then it's oh my god it's sand dwellers we're all dead <laughs> the end what if, um, and by the way I mean, we've got to have the crazy old Golgoroth worshiper working no, with the sand dwellers and some of the and this time in the camp there are actually bullet holes yes so it's this was sand I, I dwellers an idea on with that. Somebody, yeah so I
3: had an no idea on that so all the people of the town right were killed and and all the, and the, but there's no bodies. They can't find the bodies anywhere. Well, this was and hundred,
2: this was de- decades ago.
3: Yeah, know but the, the 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 crazy guy who is in the thing, which he's he dresses up like Bigfoot.
0: Oh,
2: No, too many good ideas. Oh, too oh, many, good ideas. Oh, too many good ideas. I I think we, it, we can't. We can't. Bigfoot's off limits. Too many good ideas. Can, can I, we I, put?
1: I'm sorry. Can I, we put a date on when this attack happened? Like when did the town? die basically well
2: uh, so it's 1920
1: uh, now right right
2: let's say we're, let's say our 23 and we're going to say that this town has been abandoned for 25 years okay, right. so, so it's 1923 town 19 what 19
3: 1890. 1893, 1893.
2: no that's really late for the old west let's say this yeah. town went 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 missing in 1885 uh, 1885 okay. okay that's like right in the middle of uh, that, that way um, we can
1: we,
0: get a mental image of what would be there. When, when we talked about the old man, I was thinking uh, that it would be more, it seemed more realistic that he was originally one of them, but uh, he was now, as you say, he was now a worshiper, but he was a worshiper because he was com- he's completely insane. And so when he's encountered, he's barely dressed and he's squatting down and that's sort of the way he moves now because he moves the way they move. He moves like a sand dweller, yeah.
6: But he's not worshiping the sand dwellers. He's He's worshiping worshiping Golgoroth.
2: I I say we make him some kind of a half-crazed Hungarian nobleman. Oh okay. That he's followed Golgoroth from Ah, Hungary here and everybody calls him the Hungarian prince and he just lives off in the woods. And he's a lunatic.
1: So he wasn't... Was he
2: in the town when the attack No, 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 no. He's he's a wild card. He's our red herring. And, and and, everybody's going to think he's important, but he's just a stooge working with... He's just some douche who's kind of wandered in. And but,
5: ended,
4: but that also tie it into the the Blackstone in, in Hungary, right? Where yes. if, if somebody is... You know th- that I think that's another one of those aha moments for uh, a player or a PC if they get, you know they roll their Cthulhu Mythos or something. Oh wait, there's this thing in Hungary.
3: Should it And be- if he has, if and he again, has mad writings about seeing the god when he was in Hungary and saying I followed it through. We you
0: know we
2: we can give the lunatic a diary and if they capture yeah. the lunatic, he's gonna monologue.
0: Okay. what if he doesn't speak english at all just hungarian he's
2: been li- he's been living in the united states he's okay he's, he's gonna pretend to speak, just not understand english oh we can just until, until they make a successful heart on an intimidation role and then i will start <coughs> speaking
0: english all right all right i'll make you some goulash
2: you're all doomed <laughs> you're all and, and i think he's got to be a cannibal i
5: Thank think you he,
2: i think he ate the archaeologists there are, there are no graves.
0: Yeah. There are no remains. Well, I wanted prepared. this. He's anything he can get his hands on, including people. Yeah. I, yeah. I
1: wanted to throw in the cannibal angle, but I don't want to have too many
2: idea. you know, too much things going on. I think cannibal is a good enough idea that it fits, but it's not like such a great idea that it would overpower anything we've got going on
1: that mm-hmm. just adds to his creepiness, creepiness yeah he can go up to the, exactly. up to the exactly. player characters and say ah you're nice and plump you yeah. could find maybe he lives in one of the houses and we'll find some human bones in a stew pot or something we could or... we
2: could say that he runs a trap line okay yeah He has snares and traps all over the place. And I'd really like it. I eat anything I I catch. (laughs) The film
3: crew, the ones that encounter him, I think would be quite cool. Like when they're scouting out like the the stuff, one of the film crew is is like in one of the houses and hears a noise or whatever, you know, like that's where they find him when the film crew go to do all that stuff. He comes down
0: the stairs and he goes, good evening.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Now, I think it was more like, um, if you've ever seen, there's a New Zealand horror film called Homebound, um, and there's this great moment where they work out—spoilers for everyone—they work out that the 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 there's someone living in their walls, and he's been living in the walls of their house for over like fifteen years and stuff. Does and he got
0: so pictures on the walls?
3: He we, he does, but he's made all these secret passages through the walls of their home, and they've always got stuff going missing in the house and they've just gone, Oh, it's like or oh, whatever. But then she finds one of the doorways into the wall and she goes through and she looks through the um the insulation and stuff and looks through and she sees him in there with like his little room that's set up. And then she kind of makes a noise and she quickly sits back down and she goes, oh, I'm okay. And then they literally pan across and he's shoved his face through the through the wall and he's just staring at her and she flip. it's such an amazing shot and she flips out and just starts running and he just starts chasing her through the walls of of this of the house and it's by far the best moment of the film um and that's kind of what i picture of the first encounter with this guy is they're kind of like oh i think someone's living here and then they kind of like they like turn around they're like oh there's this weird mask on the wall and then they realize that's it's so not a mask and then it's like that moment of he pounces at them and they go oh
5: shit <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right so Morgan, uh what is the name of this uh area this haunted forest river oh,
6: area it's called the the trail of spirits or Sica hollow s-i-e-k I like
3: and i reckon the native americans should have a name, I, in, like
6: a in the name chat, for the sandwellers yeah in, in the chat i posted a link to an article i was reading Okay,
2: the the weird name they call the Bigfoot creature here is the Takuhi. So we can say that the Indians are calling the sand dwellers the Takuhi. Yep.
5: Takuhi,
2: trail of spirits.
1: Now are these sand dwellers
2: like the frog creatures? No, no, they're or? like horn they're no. like koala horn toad creatures with okay. claws.
0: Okay, okay. all right so i think we're coming up with some phenomenal ideas yeah, so the, question, now, yeah. Sorry.
5: Go ahead,
6: Morgan. so the question i was going to ask is like um how did they get how do we get them to the mine they, they find the town they find the camp they find Hungarian dude um i think that in the
2: hotel room in the motel room of the other archaeologists they have. They can recover some maps of several sites that they were um, that they were looking for. That they were digging at, and they can assume that maybe they're at one of these sites. So that mm. brings them into the trail of spirits, um, where they could meet the old man. Happenstance. Um, they can find the archaeol. They can find, the, or the members of the film crew can be, have heard a rumor. That there is a ghost town in this area, there could be one or two clues in the town about yeah. the ghost town, the diary, mm-hmm. right? Right. No, do we want to leave the diary? I want to leave the diary in the ghost in the, town. The, yeah, I right. want to leave but, the
3: diary in the ghost town. Now. Well, we yeah.
2: have, can we have some records about a wildcat mine somewhere in that area, from some like marshal in the town records. Hey, there were, there were illegal miners up in these Hills way back when this isn't a rumor. So basically we give them some chances to do spot hidden and and library use in the town before they start searching. And once they go out into the wilderness, you know, then shit hits the fan. You know, they meet the lunatic, they find the town, they find the abandoned camp, they find the journal, they find the diary. They start finding these fetishes. Maybe they see some tracks. You know, maybe if they're camping out and we've got to make them camp out, the sand dwellers fuck with them by throwing rocks in yeah. the dark, howling, doing all that weird Bigfoot shit that just to scare people off. Um, Plus and again, their
0: food goes bad.
2: Their yeah. their food goes bad. Their water goes sour. Um, again, with the cur- these cursed stones, maybe they even find one of these... Um, Cold Stone fetishes as a marker, as a warning marker in the middle of their fucking camp. And if they persist, they eventually find the town. If they persist further than that, they find mm. the mine. If they want to be real assholes and go down there, they find the temple and we summon Golgaroth and it's on. Golgaroth is one of those entities where a group of well-armed characters rolling well can dispel his avatar. He He's one of those the very few great old ones that if you've got decent weapon skills, you can take him down. Yeah. So I'm all for throwing a great old one to people. If, if, if you're going to be that stupid,
6: <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, you're going to be like, okay, and we're going to go down there. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can really set that up too, right? Cause all the bodies have disappeared. So, you know, as, as Tyler was saying that kind of have that water kind of in that pool. And so they kind of are approaching the statue and they hear something crunch as it entered this red water. And there's just these piled up skeletons from their their Mm. sacrifices, kind of just underneath this. And then then they should really get out of there at that point.
0: The (laughs) trick is going to be how to get them to want to go down there,
4: right? What what the hook
5: is?
2: Um,
3: basically,
4: one of the
2: NPCs
3: gets taken by the by the sand dwellers. Greed, greed is always a
1: good motivator.
2: Uh, We have a geologist willing to pay five hundred thousand dollars. To have to find the source of these cold stones. There you go. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money, but
6: money. We'll all right. Well do we'll do the math.
5: it.
2: it's it's it, the conversion is fifteen to one for the nineteen twenties. Okay. I'm I'm not proud that I know that, but I I, I, live, <laughs> I, I live here a lot. <laughs> this comes up me a lot it, it's 26 to 1 for the
1: 1880s so yeah, I, there you go brother
5: <laughs> <laughs>
2: kindred spirit um you know basically we have uh the university offering a reward for the return you know for finding these missing archaeologists yeah and the film crew if they can clean the sand dwellers out of this ghost town, they're going to make a fortune because this is going to be their shooting location. And, and their, big break,
1: their big, and break big break into break, Hollywood. And
2: their big break mm-hmm. into Hollywood. So we can, we can let greed do the talking. And if they are wise enough to say, I say we just dynamite this hole and never come back. Everyone's dead and no good will come from this. Then mm-hmm. good.
0: Maybe just, there's some evidence that one or two of the archaeologists who are very important to the players are still alive and that if they've been taken down into the cave.
2: No, yeah. I don't I don't think the lunatic would have well, no. He may have eaten some of them and some of them may have been taken down. So if they no, have the well, with, with the players like
3: I, I know some members of the film crew, like maybe the leading lady of the film or something is taken by the sand, the sand dwellers down into thing, like the whole King Kong thing, well, they go, oh, we've kind of got to go get her.
0: What if the Hungarian is, that's the trap. The Hungarian wants them to go down into the cave. And so he says, oh no, they are not all still They are not all dead.
2: No, I, I think that if he was, it, honestly, I think that they would have split the prisoners. The sand dwellers would have taken half for sacrifice, let him have half to eat. And he would say the sand dwellers took them down to the cave. And I don't know what happened after that. And that's true because he doesn't know what
0: happened after that. They could be still alive.
2: But we could also say that if, if we really want to force them to go down there and I don't Mm. know that we do, we can, if, if they say, screw this, and they get all the way back to the motel, we could have all, we could have the entire motel staff have been abducted in a sand dweller raid while they were gone basically the sand are like this is this is where these fuckers are coming from
3: or or we have like the whole thing i said at the beginning we're quite literally because they don't know where the entrance to this mine is they don't know where this stuff is quite literally they fall into it and they're only because op- they can't get out the only way is to go down and fire another exit mm-hmm. so like we kind of in some way not force the hand but we go you've got no other option it's kind
0: it's, of railroading them. Yeah, that, yeah. We don't, gonna, we don't
2: we don't want to do that. We we want to give them the option of going or not. Um, because I think if they if they get to that ghost town and they have this the attack the sand dwellers attack and they find all of these creepy things and they find mm. the mine, I think that's a good spot. If they've had enough, if they haven't had enough, they can go into the mines and then right. they'll find it opens up into a cave, and if they still haven't had enough, then they can go and find the temple. But, you know, we don't want to force them to do more than they want to. Right. Let them do it to themselves. Right. Because it, it hurts worse if it's your fault.
0: Hmm. Alright, so what's our next step? We need to bullet point all of this, so that we've at least got it organized and Let's see if we want to change anything. Um, we've got about a half an hour left. Uh, what do we want to do?
2: Well, who is going to be the person writing this all out? Look I'm guessing am guessing. And, <laughs> and not it. <laughs> yeah, not it. I'm, I'm busy enough. Thank you very much.
0: Well, I can do a lot of the writing, but I need an editor because my i'm i'm not a professional writer in any sense. Neither. Well, yeah.
6: I, I I can help out with, with writing. I mean, I'm not a professional either, but I I I would be happy at looking at
2: things and uh, helping you guys bring it into focus once it's written. And
3: one thing that- I was I was quite keen to, to offer to do was it was look at the, the, the pre-gen character thing but look at the the building and the creating of that and, and making sure that they make sense with the story because I, that's one of my favorite things to do is to build the characters
2: and give them the cool backgrounds and, and, and stuff like that. I think we're gonna, we should let them make the characters. We could say you can be a member of an archaeology team, yeah. a film crew or a local guide and, and so have you, no no things at all okay. And if you really want to design some good characters Design the old man, design the Native American in the burst, warning people off give, give us three or four really compelling people in the motel some NPCs okay yeah because, right. because then we'll abduct them and you'll yeah. give you know you'll be in charge of making people compelling okay and, and having them having the players emotionally hooked by them yeah because then when we kill them or abduct them, it'll mm. have a, a big emotional impact on the.
1: Okay.
0: Give, them, give them some really
1: good dialogue. Yeah. Now, Zane, do you want me to work on that with you also?
3: Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds cool. Like we can okay. bounce ideas off each other and um because that, that uh, thing is I want to give like I want to give some NPCs of, of the film crew as well. So like it's not just the players like you are the film crew, you know?
2: Right. They've got to have some friends who are NPCs. Exactly. And the same thing with the archaeology team. They've yeah. got to have a few archaeologists that are NPCs.
0: Yeah, and I'll work on the graphics for stuff as we go along, like the the the, the book. And, uh, Someone
2: will need and to I, sketch out a map of the area. That I what I'd love to do with with the
3: uh, NPC characters, because you know how in the book sometimes they'll do like a little uh, an image of the of the character. Um, what I'd love to do is there's there's a, a company that do board games, and they actually use members of the company as the the images of the character, and that's <laughs> why it's like actually using us as the basis of of the imageries of these npcs i like that you know like you know this mick Bannon. is is mick <laughs> is the basis of our our insane hermit you know if he if he's comfortable with that are you,
0: are you gonna draw these
3: <laughs> no but i'm saying like it doesn't even have to be a drawing even if they like send us a picture and you know i've got friends who are talented um I've got a friend who's an amazingly talented artist. And if I give him images, he can create stuff from, from the basis of the, of the people with quite
0: a strong likeness. One of the things um, that I really like in, uh, um, what are we playing, Curse of Nineveh, and this is without giving anything away, but um, every player character- uh, has a portrait. Has a portrait. Um which are, are very nicely done, but they're they're rather simple, you know, like right. These people. They're yeah,
6: that's artists. that's what and I'm I meaning. Can do, like, um, I can do art like that. I, I drop I sketch people.
3: Hang on, just see if I can find oh uh, this is what I was looking for. So my this was for my um this is the game I play at home and I introduced him and in Miss jews um Thaddeus Clover Black, which is the um private detective I play. This is what my friend Drew of me and so that's oh. he's used me as the basis I but totally then drawn me in that. the setting um so that's kind of what i'm meaning is like using us as as the models of the characters
0: maybe
1: yeah just so people are keen that's cool i totally see you in that though yeah
4: right for, for the for the writing you know i Whatever you guys want me to do, I'm happy to do write, edit, whatever. Um, but I think logistically, um, we should probably set up like a Google Docs that we can all get yeah. into and that, that'll make it a little bit easier. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I can set that up. I've already got that on a number of games that we're playing. I've got Google Docs set up. Um, so I will uh, – I'll, I'll try to put together a bullet point. Uh, I'll re-listen to this whole episode tomorrow. And uh, and write down all our bullet points, and then obviously it's going to be things that we're going to modify as we go along. Oh yeah, I, Tom, I just
1: thought of something. You got to pick five people right now from our group and tell them do not watch this. I already have.
0: Oh, okay, I, I have uh, picked them. I told people if they want to uh, if they want to play test, uh, to tell me that they want to play test. And everybody
5: wants to play test.
0: <laughs> okay. It's you know. Yeah. I'm like, like I just told my to watch the show. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you
3: know who would be great in this game? Is Tyler as, as Troy.
5: Oh yeah,
0: he loves Troy. Troy would
5: be so good him. in this game.
0: Exactly, man. Like because You're oh,
6: saying Tyler, Tyler would be great in this game. He already knows, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and Tyler would. Know, and
3: he's like, "Cool, I'm not going over there, guys."
0: <laughs> now we got we got plenty of people that are really good role players. So.
4: Yeah, yeah.
0: Just a thought. <laughs> All, right.
4: All right. So, oh, sorry, Tom. No, go ahead. Right, so, the, um, i So, you guys can't see this, but behind my uh, screen on my wall, I've got um, uh, basically like a, a huge wall of uh, a whiteboard. Paper that I put up there that I make notes for work in that, and I've been kind of writing out notes. Um, and as I'm looking at everything that I've written out, the, you know, all the the high-level points that we've talked about, um, I, I'm not sure that I'm seeing something that would necessarily be the, the length that uh, was originally talked about, so sort of like a three-to-four session type length.
3: Yeah, like a two-session kind of thing.
4: Yeah, so... Um, I guess that's just something to, to to keep in mind. And like like Oscar said, you don't want to throw too. We don't want to throw too much uh, stuff into it. Um, and and I think organically, as we start writing this stuff out, we're going to start coming up with other ideas to expand it out a, a little bit. Um, and almost th- th- think of them as in scenes because we're going to have the the initial scene where they're at the hotel or wherever town where they all meet and they start hearing these rumors and they said to go check out the the trail of spirits and you know it just kind of will lead organically from there but Mm -hmm. i I have a feeling that we're going to probably want to add in like one or two more scenes eventually but um and and i'm just sorry i'm kind of thinking out loud here too
2: oh there's definitely other elements we can add we can have the players find an abandoned car and just people that have vanished in the area
0: It might also be that they arrive in the area and find odd little bits of evidence, but it takes a couple of days before the sand dwellers realize that people have moved back into the area because they haven't been there for a while.
5: Oh, 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 oh,
2: what if we do this in winter? It'll be cold in the.
0: the... <laughs> it'll be
2: cold. Maybe <laughs> no, no, I mean, not fall. winter, winter, but very late autumn when the when late autumn when the snow is just starting to fall. So there's a sense of urgency because if they don't find these archaeologists soon, they won't be able to search for them. Right. So there'll be a sense of urgency, but also the the temperature and the weather and the lack of daylight will be a whole nother factor. In the yeah. scenario, yeah. we can we can have them arrive, and there's just a freak October snowstorm that puts six inches of snow on the ground, and and locks them in that motel, okay. and locks them in the town, and everyone's gonna be expected like, it's, it's it's to.
5: Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, and it's. <laughs>
4: The, everybody's going to think that it's the taqua and then the the uh, I can't I can't remember what you called it uh Oscar the the, the big foot type creature. yeah uh, they're going to they, think they, they call, oh, it they call it the tak the Wendigo right right
5: right
4: yeah i think there that's going to be its own little red herring there oh yeah that's I yeah when so we said, all
2: agree that it, this is going to take place in late October.
1: Yeah. Yep. When, when you said <sighs> winter, I was out there and on the thermometer without the wind chill was negative <laughs> 30.
5: I believe it. I believe
2: That's it. why
1: I said cold because I couldn't even <laughs> breathe.
2: So not, not winter, but late autumn. I yeah. mean, now, also, I can't think what the scenario sounds like. Or just,
1: you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking if they want to do some like they're in the hotel, if they want to drive into whatever the most biggest town is and want to do some investigating, they can find newspaper articles about missing people throughout from the 1850s all the way up until the 23 when they're there.
2: And a, an arrest record for the Indian guy who was warning people off. Yeah. At a, at a so, town meeting. Um, all sorts
0: of red flags. So can they could right, discover, right. but they're really excited to go out into the area because it's late autumn, and all of the trees have turned uh, to yellow yeah. fire.
2: <laughs> it's South Dakota. There are a lot of trees. I'm, yeah. I was looking at I was looking yeah, at area it? pictures of the area. It's well, you
0: said a forest though.
2: Right? Pretty flat. It's A lot of hills, a lot of dirt, a lot of rocks. <laughs> And there'll be a dusting of snow over everything and really cold winds sweeping through. I like that. When's Red Dead Redemption set? <laughs> uh,
3: I'm not really
1: sure.
2: Just play yeah, that and get
1: this
3: inspiration.
1: Right around 1900. Hey, at least it's not North Dakota. Because
6: they have a car. That'll be the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> The gang is back. This time, a little more north and a little more cold.
2: <laughs> so, we're gonna,
6: so the trilogy will be
2: <laughs> Nebraska, North Dakota, and South Dakota. The neglected states of the Cthulhu mythos.
0: <laughs> well, Tyler, did you want to write some of this?
4: Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm more happy to.
0: Well, I'll, I'll put together the bullet points tomorrow. If we want to do neglected places for Cthulhu,
2: let's do New Zealand, okay?
5: Oh, dude. New Zealand.
2: New Zealand would be great. You had giant terror birds eating people when yeah, the I first see. people went there. Were that was burnt- last
0: week. <laughs> <laughs> they, had weekend, bro. What you they had <laughs> monsters living inside volcanoes that. Uh, the Tanifa. Yeah, bro. Small, small children. No, but to.
2: like seriously, when the first human beings went to New Zealand, there were giant man-eating monitor lizards and eagles that carried off people. There were some really great Pleistocene monsters living great, in New
3: Zealand. The biggest, um, the biggest bird in history, the moa, was, yeah. quite, was indigenous to New Zealand. Yeah. And also, Maybe the first time they actually came to New Zealand, they actually didn't come ashore because they were too scared of the moody on the on the on the beaches that were just
2: like fuck off.
0: Oh, so they just
2: God.
0: <laughs> Maybe they're not all gone. Maybe they're Samoa.
2: Dude, the if you uh, ever if you ever want help writing se- writing the you know secrets of New Zealand, I I will I will help you with that Kickstarter. I I, I will I will if you write it, Golden Goblin Press will kickstart it. <laughs> well, there you go. I'll keep that in mind. Morgan. We've got a job. <laughs> we got a job to do once in it, Zane. No, yeah. if I could get someone from New Zealand to write secrets of, you know, The Guide to New Zealand, well, fuck yeah, yeah I'm going to do that. That's yeah. See, you, you never want to do something with people that aren't from that place.
5: Totally. And, if you, and, and I, if you are,
2: you need friends in that place to tell you where you're
3: right or wrong. I discussed that with Tom. We did a game that had, you know, some setting of, of – it was in the Pacific – and one of the players was like i'm playing a full-blooded moldy with full uh, tattoos and i'm like you are tri- like you are on like very fu- like you don't want to fuck with that shit if you don't understand it
2: like right right we're, my my company's actually next year doing a project set in the pacific and yeah. we're and we're and we're actively looking for uh, gaming groups in that part of the world to read this for sensitivity and accuracy so exactly got, again what what we were saying before when you, when you deal with these cultures and these groups and these issues, if you're going to touch on them, they become more difficult, exponentially. Totally. totally.
3: Um, but yeah, no, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Cause I'd like, I, I always like, uh, would have to, you know, have New Zealand represented in, in the horror of Lovecraft. <laughs>
2: well, it was everywhere. Do you have mm-hmm. no idea how proud I was to write the, what I believe is the only scenario set in Puerto Rico? You know, oh really? et- Ethnically, you know, my people are from there. Yeah, oh, um, but what's so, the name of that scenario? Uh, um, give me a second, I write. Sorry, it. I
1: didn't mean to put you on the spot. No, no,
2: it's um,
0: hold on you have got to think of a name for the scenario as well. That's a very good point. <laughs> that that we do towards as we go along, because I think that'll organically
1: show up the name somehow. We don't want to call it koalas from
2: the <laughs> night. <laughs> night forms a cover for sinners.
1: Night forms Ooh. a cover for sinners.
2: Yes, a nice. long. It's a it's a pro- it's a old Puerto Rican proverb from the colonial days. Oh, okay. I I love naming Ooh, let's see if there's any good Indian proverbs in South Dakota.
1: We, well, we definitely can't do like some scenarios. The secret uh, mine entrance in the uh <laughs> the so
3: secrets are stone not back
6: back. stone.
1: The crazy <laughs> man is a red hearing. <laughs>
3: the stone. <beneath>. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> the secret yeah. stone that's in the cave next to the yeah. town. But, but if you wrote
5: in the, the story, ghost town,
6: the <laughs> haunted mine, no, no, yeah, mine. the stone of the haunted mine, Oscar, you got it. to shoot big.
0: Blood in the water
6: for the red <laughs> water. The
0: people, the people of
6: Golgoreth. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what the mythos is in in this game. Well, it's like the servants of the lake. That's the scenario. Yeah, with yeah. biggest giveaway day. <laughs>
0: No, you know There's what? There's some that
6: are bad. some that are bad.
0: It could be like the good, the bad, and the ugly. The <laughs> frozen. It's a film crew coming here to scout locations for uh, a Western. Yeah. The good, the bad, and the worse. <laughs> the good, the bad, and the people that live under the
6: ground. The good, the bad, and the stone that's under the ground.
0: Uh. <laughs> oh, we could just, just call it sand.
6: Sand. Dust. Oh. See so if we just call it sand, then it'll be coarse, rough, and irritating, and nobody's gonna like it. Let's call it dune. Oh, wait. <laughs> dune. <laughs> no, we didn't go with the, the Chthonians, so. Yeah. Then that would be dune. The sand, the sand people riding Chthonians around.
3: Sand people, and the front cover is just the one of those...
6: <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just the cover of the Bards and Noble dune. <laughs> yeah, you
3: see? yeah, and the front cover for this has totally got to be the ghost town, like the the, the image has just got to the the ghost town would be really cool.
0: What we would do is we would find some old Western novels and find a cover that. That that looks really cool, like they mm. used in the, in the the ballad of uh Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, something like that.
1: Um also we could have it that there's no roads accessible to this old town, so they all take horses. Yeah, it's in a valley or something. They've got to like you know,
2: I, I like that, but I, let's say that there are really, really shitty roads Yeah. so that A, they can take horses. B, if they want to take their car, they're going to need to make hard drive checks yeah, right. and, it car, break, and they break down. And if you have a broken down car in South Dakota when it's snowing, um, mm. that's going to be a lot of fun to, roll, to role play that
0: out and if we'll they get, have we'll, horses, we can get that mm-hmm. out in spring don't worry about it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if they do have horses one of the things the sand people will do is kill their horses
1: yeah and the horses are skittish they might get sick because everything is being corrupted yeah they can get run off in the night leaving them stranded and that's the thing we can slowly like if the players like oh we
3: we get water from the stream the players are then getting affected as well. Like, you know, so they could be kind of in the end battle and all this the stuff that they've been eating and drinking this whole time, they're starting to, it's actually slowly killing them as well.
6: Yeah, that, they need
3: it. to get out of the area.
6: Yeah, we got to, I mean, if we're going to have a snow, I mean, we're talking about having the stones be abnormally cold. That'll be hard uh, yeah, if it's winter. We'll just
3: flip it, make it hot. make it, a, Make it a, like, a hot stone. It was just like, well, like
0: these, these, or maybe they're just marked in some way that makes them magical. Yeah, they have spirals melted into them or something. You know.
6: We have time sacred we
0: have to sacred the are, but... mm. boomtown. Because it was yeah. Boomtown, because it was the, the full name. <laughs>
5: uh,
6: no, maybe that gives too much away. Uh, the sand creatures destroy the boomtown. <laughs> that gives too much away.
0: Never pick up a black rock.
6: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Trouble at Black Rock.
2: Okay. Um, how about this? We call it. Uh, Do not speak of evil. And underneath that is the full Lakota proverb: "Do not speak of evil, for it creates curiosity in the hearts of the young."
6: I like that. Oh, yeah, you are... don't want people wandering around like what that. On?
2: And and that is an actual Lakota proverb. I like it,
1: Oscar. You moved your camera down. Oh,
2: sorry. I was <laughs> I was looking up Lakota proverbs. I had to move my uh. <laughs>
0: maybe slight grammar speak no evil and then the rest well
2: no it. we can't change the Lakota exactly. proverb <laughs> it's a proverb
0: well we're the we're Lakota trans-
2: people would be upset
5: we're, we're, we're <laughs>
0: translating it into English though so always some interpretation but now that's cool uh
2: a good, many have fallen with the bottle in their hand. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> that that's what we're
6: doing. <laughs> oh. All right. Or just cool. call the scenario. It's not Cthulhu yeah that will give nothing away everyone's like well of course it's not Cthulhu. no
2: we're calling it south dakota seriously south <laughs> dakota
5: <laughs> you heard
6: it right and then and then this and that the follow-up for the campaign right would be yeah we're seriously doing north dakota now
3: or just the, the reason why no one goes to south dakota <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, the sequel will be You know what's worse than South Dakota? <laughs> North Dakota
1: We'll give you three Apologies to all to the people Dakota. watching from South, North and South Dakota.
2: No, but we we love you guys. You deserve a scenario. You don't deserve <laughs> oh, no, no. us you don't deserve us writing it, but we're all you got.
6: <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna get it whether you like it or not.
2: What's that saying?
3: It's like um I'm not the hero people want, I'm the hero people need.
6: Yes. <laughs> the
3: Batman
2: quote. Yeah uh you're not the hero you're not the hero we want but you're the hero we deserve <laughs> yeah. all right well this has been fun right. especially cuz i'm not writing any of this I'm <laughs> uh, I, I i will i will help every aspect of the team but i'm not heading up anything i oh email you i, I will i will be your KGB hat. advisor Yeah.
0: Uh, You'll come in into play when the publishing comes. <laughs> you can tell us what to do.
6: And Oscar starts slowly, like sliding. He's <laughs> like, like, "Oh, guys, no, got a uh, bad connection." Publishing? I don't know. Eddie, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. are
1: <laughs> breaking up. You're, and you see him crinkling paper. <laughs> well,
2: you don't well, I w- I'd publish it. <laughs> I'm not running the Kickstarter. <laughs>
0: Oh, you need money to publish. Oh, hmm. uh, we'll right. I saw my body. <laughs> we'll get to that when, when the time comes.
2: <laughs> well, dude, if, if honestly, you don't really need to do much The they've got the, uh, the repository.
4: The repository yeah. If you want right. to put
2: this together in a professional way and throw it up on the, the repository and charge five bucks to go and help fund the website, yeah, you, know, you should yeah. totally, totally. You don't need me for that.
0: No, that's cool. And
1: we're still jumping ahead of ourselves. We yeah. got to write it first. Yeah, and make well, sure
0: it works. Got to do the play test. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, shall we call it there for this evening? I think
2: so. Yeah, I problems. think so. I mean, we've got a, we've got a solid plot.
0: Yeah.
2: We've got a, We've got a, a, The whole narrative arced out with several levels of ending, depending on how much punishment they want. We have a a working title. We have some teams selected for NPCs, maps, bullet points. I think that you guys are in great shape.
0: Cool. And
5: and I'm out.
0: (laughs) Well, our, our special thanks to Oscar Rios, Tyler Hudak, Zane Fleming, Morgan Llewellyn, and Jason Melinchok for their participation in this workshop. Uh, Be sure to watch our next episode, where we will take some time to read from your suggestions. Uh, Like, share, and subscribe to our channel, and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows. If you'd like to support our show, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in our description below. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and Call of the Foo role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.